Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Beekeeping for Newbies. This is going to be episode 30, free honeybees for all. That's right, you heard it here, folks, free honeybees. So today we're going to talk about swarm traps. Now, if you don't know anything about them, never heard of them, I'm going to point you in the right direction for a few things that you can you can do to get some more details. But as a just high-level overview, what is a swarm trap? So a swarm trap is something that you're going to place... You can put it in your yard, you can put it in a neighbor's yard, you can put it in a lot of different places. Where it ends up going really doesn't matter. But it's basically putting out an area that would be a good, habitable environment that would be appealing to a scout bee that is looking for a new home for a recently swarmed honeybee colony. So I want to start by mentioning a video uh, I shouldn't say a video, it's a YouTube guy. His name is Jeff, and the last name is Horchoff. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's H-O-R-C-H-O-F-F. And I think his channel is called Jeff Horchoff Bees. So I was doing research a couple years ago. I had no idea what a swarm trap was, had never used them, was kind of trying to figure out like how I had been beekeeping as long as I had been and, and hadn't heard of them. And I came across this guy's YouTube channel. And I think at the time... I mean, he lives in a rural area, and what he had done is worked, I guess, deals out with a lot of people in his area, and he had placed like 25 or 30, maybe more, of these swarm traps within like a 40-mile circle. And he went out one day, and was like, all right, let's go check them out. And he went like one after the other, and he had like a 75 or 80% success rate with these swarm traps. But that's it's all well and good, and that's cool. It was neat. Like, oh, wow, that's pretty exciting that he had this success. But this guy makes the channel. Like, he's just, he smiles from ear to ear the whole time. He's a very faithful person. So he's always like, oh, praise Jesus. Thank God. Like, he, he just, he, he's really, it's funny to see just how excited and thankful he is for all these bees and how blessed he feels. And it's, it's, it's fun. But he talks about different techniques and tricks and how you want to put things and where you want to do them. And it's a fun, it's fun to watch. I mean, honestly, Right now, I get, you know, 90% of the information that I use in my life comes from YouTube because there's so much information that's out there, and I think it's a great resource. I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel. I think this guy does a great job of talking through things, but there are a few points that I wanted to make. So with the swarm trap, basically what you're doing is you're capitalizing on a colony's need to procreate. And they do this through the swarm. So let's just kind of do a quick recap and talk about this. A bee colony is in a hive somewhere, whether it's a you know commercial provider, whether it's a you know residential hobbyist beekeeper, whether it's in the wild in a tree. 
they only have a certain amount of space. In the spring, they have a ton of resources at their disposal. They've got lots of plants in bloom, lots of nectar coming in. They've got pollen. They've got all the things that they need to build a colony, a strong, healthy colony. But when they run out of space, well, it, it becomes an issue, right? They get stressed out. They get, uh, it makes it more difficult to regulate the temperature. And it's just the natural ways that bees make more colonies. So what happens is they get cramped in space. They recognize they have all these resources coming in. So they start making swarm cells. So when the swarm cells are made, they get to the point where they are matured. The existing queen and approximately half the colony are going to leave with her. And they're going to leave the hive, go up to a tree branch or the side of a building or under a table or the backyard grill or wherever it seems appropriate for them. And they're going to hold on to that spot and form a cluster while there are scout bees that are out looking for a new house or a new home for them to build their new colony. This is where you come in. You're going to try to position a box, a.k.a. the swarm trap, into a location that would be highly visible and appealing to these scout bees so that they come out there, check it out, and say, hey, you know, this, this might be a good place for us to build a home. Now, I'll give you a quick side story before I continue on. I had a colony that swarmed really early one year. It, it completely caught me off guard. I pulled my truck into my driveway, and I had a couple of colonies off to the side of my driveway, and I'm watching these bees pouring out the front door. I thought, oh, geez, how are they swarming this early? But it was such a strong colony, and they just, they just blew it. They exploded that spring. So they went up to this big oak tree, and they were probably 35, 40 feet above my head, and they formed a massive cluster. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, there was so many bees. If I had to weigh them, I, I mean, I, I don't know, 8 or 10 pounds. I mean, it was a massive, massive cluster of bees. It looked like it was like three or four packages of bees in one big cluster. It was, it was massive. The day that they got up there and formed that cluster, probably three hours later, it started raining. And it rained for three or four days straight. And that cluster just sat there. And I was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I started kind of racking my brain trying to figure out, you know, what I could possibly do. I mean, it's, it's raining. The scout bees can't go out. They can't forage. They've got no food. Like something's got to give. Right below the tree, I took a standard, you know, regular hive stand with a solid bottom board, a single deep with 10 frames, inner cover, outer cover, and a entrance reducer to about that two and a half inch opening. And that was it. But there was one thing that I added to this. And this is something that I definitely recommend that you get if you're going to be doing swarm trapping. It's called swarm lure. It comes in a little bottle. I can't remember how much I paid for it. It's worth its weight in gold. So whatever they sell it for, buy it. But I think it was like $17 or $18. But it tells you on the directions. You know, spray one or two sprays or whatever it is. You don't have to overdo it. But I followed the directions. I sprayed a little bit where it said to and like it said to do. And I literally put this hive directly underneath of this swarm and let it sit there. And the first day, that I think it was day four when that weather broke, I noticed that there were there was one or two bees out there checking it out. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then 
there were a few more and a few more. And then after, you know, a couple hours of me noticing those first couple showing up, they came from that tree, went straight down and occupied that, that hive. So I was super excited that I didn't lose them and was able to salvage that colony. And it proved that the swarm lure at least worked in that scenario. But I don't necessarily think that anytime you see a swarm on a tree, if you just drop a new hive underneath of it, that they're going to instinctively go straight down. I think that they were just completely exhausted from having sat on that branch for three or four days, and they just took the path of least resistance. But that swarm lure is a must-have, so I would definitely incorporate that into your swarm trap plan. So anyway, we're talking about, you know, why are they swarming and, and what's causing this. So we want to figure out a way to, again, try to capitalize on this swarming instinct, right? Because we're not going to catch them all, right? I mean, I've had, I've had colonies that I just, for whatever reason, I didn't get to them. I, you know, had some bad weather and couldn't, couldn't do the inspections when I planned to. Swarms are going to happen. But what's even better is, you know, if you're a new beekeeper, and you want to keep bees, you just can't afford $150 or $200 to go out and buy colonies, but you have the ability to put swarm traps somewhere. That's a great, great opportunity for you to get a hold of some very cheap bees, especially if you know there are people in your neighborhood or in your community that have honeybees. There's a really good possibility, if you do it right, that you can get some free bees. So as far as the dimensions of swarm traps go, this is kind of a, a bit of a, a you know, it's, you, you ask 20 people, you get 20 different answers. But like I mentioned, that guy that on the uh, Jeff Horchoff bees, he talks about it in his site. But if you just Google honeybee swarm traps, there's a bunch of people that talk about different plans, what they do, how they do it. But I'm going to give you kind of some of the highlights and you can kind of decide what works for you. But the one thing about them is that if you think about a swarm, you know, this is essentially the size of as small as a package of bees, but like I mentioned before, that one swarm that I had a couple years ago was massive. So you don't really know exactly how many bees you're going to have at one time, but you know it's the springtime. You know there's a flow on. If you make a small swarm trap, those bees will swarm, enter the swarm trap, get in there, start going to town, drawing up comb, and next thing you know, they're going to swarm again. So what a lot of people will do when they make these swarm traps is they'll make them a lot deeper. So they'll have, like, they'll make them, you know, however many frames wide that they decide to do, whether it's 5, 8, 10, whatever it is. But then they'll leave a lot of space below them. So if the bees decide to, they can actually draw comb down below the frame, you know, going down deeper. And again, that wouldn't be an ideal scenario for you as a person trying to establish a new colony. But what you can do is, let's say you, you pull a frame out, and they've drawn it within the frame, and then they have another six or eight inches below that, you can take that other section of comb, and let's say it's got a lot of eggs and young larvae on it, you can cut that out, stick it up into a new frame as its foundation, basically, drop that into another small nuke with a frame loaded up with young nurse bees, and now they can uh, they can draw up emergency cells, make uh, queens, you know, emergency queen cells from that, and you got a separate hive just off that one little frame alone. But they make these swarm traps a lot bigger to allow extra space for a larger swarm, for some expansion. If, you know, if for some reason you can't get to them in a reasonable time, you don't want them to swarm. Like I said, this guy, Jeff, when he was doing his thing, I don't remember how often he went around and checked these swarm traps. But, you know, if, I mean, if he didn't get out for two or three weeks on one of them, 
and you know you don't you just don't want to lose half of them. You're getting the freebies already. You don't want to lose half of the freebies. So follow some of those instructions. And just recognize that they'll probably be a little bit larger than you would be accustomed to if you were doing like a nuke or you were doing a regular you know ten frame deep Langstroth kind of hive. As far as placement goes, what I've seen, and again, I I don't have swarm traps myself. Uh, I it's one of those things where I would like to do it. I just don't have the cycles right now. But if I were going to do them, I would be thinking about a couple of things that are kind of important that I want to make sure we, we pass along. If you take a hive in your yard, let's say, for example, you decided that you wanted to put it in your front yard because your neighbors are really excited about honeybees and they want to be able to see your bees and you work out a deal and you put it in the front yard and then a neighbor is cutting their grass a mile away and they get stung by a bee and then they come and accuse you because, of course, now you're responsible for all bee stings that happen in your neighborhood. And somebody tells you, no, no, you got to put it in your backyard. So you pick up that colony and you move it in your backyard. You're going to have some problems because nurse bees and bees that are inside the hive, you know, they're not going to care. They don't leave the hive so you can move it wherever you want. But your foragers, when they leave the hive, you know, they do their initial orientation flight so they know where they are in relation to everything around them. And then they go out and they forage and they do their thing and they come back to that location. When you relocate the hive, their brains get locked in. It's almost like they're imprinted on that location. And even though you've moved them somewhere else, their brain fixates to that original location and they will go back to it. So in the example I just made where you have a colony that's in the front yard and you move it to the backyard, you'll go back to that front yard location where the hive used to be and you'll see a small cluster of bees on the ground or on you know a small bush or something right next to that area because they got confused and they didn't, they didn't know any better. So when you're putting a swarm trap out, keep that in mind, that if you're going to relocate it from wherever you put it, you may lose some foragers unless you're relocating it about five miles or so away. Now, the further away, the better. Like if you only can do two miles or three miles, well, you know, work with what you have. Um, it's not the end of the world if you lose some foragers. And I know that particularly as a new beekeeper, like you, you feel a bond and a relationship to every single bee and you don't want any bee to get hurt. You don't want any bee to get lost. I get it. I was the same way, but it's a reality. It's going to happen. You're going to lose a few. So if you have to make that move and it has to be in your yard and you don't have any other choice, work with what you got. But just be mindful of the fact that if you relocate, you know, within a small area, you know, less than five miles or so, you're going to lose some foragers. So that's one thing to kind of keep in mind. So if you're in a rural area or even if you're in a suburban area where you have friends that are four or five miles away and you're like, hey, would you mind if I put this thing up in your, you know, in this tree in your backyard? You can put them all through your neighborhood, your community and potentially get, you know, 10, 20 colonies that spring if you were able to, you know, put them out. So while we're kind of on that subject of, of you know, putting them out there, placement. Every video that I've looked at where somebody is putting swarm traps up, they usually take like a stepladder and they find a tree that's usually like at the edge of a field or maybe in an area where there's a, a road nearby, there, some kind of an opening. So there is visibility to this swarm trap and it's usually about six to eight feet off the ground. So they take this stepladder, put it right up next to the tree or up against the tree. They go up a few feet and they end up mounting it on a tree with like ratchet straps or, or I've seen a couple of guys that just use wood screws and they screw like a two and a half or three inch wood screw and they just 
screw it directly into the tree and then put a, a ratchet strap on as a secondary um, holder, you know, just in case. But they're usually, like I said, they're usually about that six to eight, maybe 10 feet off the ground. And they'll be filled with, on the inside, it looks like a regular colony, right? You've got frames, you've got foundation. I would caution you to not use drawn comb in there because, of course, drawn comb that's not being supervised is uh, supervised by honeybees is kind of inviting uh, wax moth to get in there. But just put in, you know, put in some foundation, regular wax foundation, use your swarm lure, get it about six, eight, maybe 10 feet off the ground, and, and you're in business. Uh, again, you know, watch a few videos on assembly and placement, and, and you can get some more ideas as far as exactly where you want to face them. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference if, if, if it's facing north, south, east, or west. If I were putting some out and I had to make a decision as to which way I was going to face them, I would probably, you know, face them east or south. But that's just generally where I've had some success in the past. I've had hives facing all directions, and it doesn't seem to matter. But I don't honestly know if it makes a difference or if it's more appealing catching swarms facing one direction or another. Unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you on that one. Hey, everyone, thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show and are finding the information to be useful and valuable. In order to help keep the lights on, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Thank you so very much for hanging in there, and I appreciate you. We will be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everyone, welcome back, and thank you for staying with us today. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments. I always enjoy hearing about your experiences, answering questions, and learning more about the challenges you're facing in different parts of the world. So please keep them coming. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. Now let's get back to the show on the Beekeeping for Newbies radio network. Okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm trying to make it sound more official, so just play along, all right? Thanks a lot. All right, so real quick, I want to talk about a couple pros and cons to swarm trapping, and that way you'll have an idea of just some things to kind of keep in mind. So a couple of pros. Well, I mean, obviously it's free bees, right? Like my dad used to say, free, it's my favorite four-letter word. But really, I mean, that's a huge, huge benefit. 
Um, you know, the cost of making a swarm trap is not that bad, right? I mean, I know plywood and, and other lumber and materials and things have significantly gone up in cost over the past couple of years. But still, I mean, getting a piece of plywood and uh, some screws, maybe a little bit of wood glue, and I'm betting a single piece of plywood can probably make you maybe four swarm traps. I mean, it's honestly probably no more expensive buying, you know, the uh, plywood and doing it yourself as it would be you know, compared to buying new hardware that's already built in a traditional deep with a, you know, bottom board and inner cover, outer cover and all that. Now, there are a few cons that are kind of important. So we'll, we'll jump into these here. So there are a couple of cons that, that we should discuss too, right? Now, when you have your hive in your colony that you've bought from someone and it should be a reputable dealer. They should be, you know, regularly inspected by the local um, Department of Agriculture so that they are, you know, having some level of oversight and supervision to make sure that they're not sending you diseased bees. So if you've been treating your colonies, you're taking care of them, you have an idea of their history and their health. When you catch a swarm trap, you really don't know what you're getting. You know, are they carrying any kind of illness, Varroa, you know, any kind of foul brood or any anything other fungal or bacterial kind of things that might be going on, you have no idea. If you have no bees at all, then having some diseased bees that are free, <laughs> I mean, I'm not encouraging or advocating that you, you try to have diseased or ill or sick bees, but what I'm saying is that if you got them, you brought them in and you were trying to to establish this new colony and they were sick for some reason and you had to kill them off, well, they're free, right? So it's not like you're losing money. But there is still a possibility that if you have an existing apiary and you have, you know, three, five, 20 colonies and you bring this other colony in that you don't know anything about, there is a possibility that there could be some drift from, you know, that colony into your existing colonies. And if they have disease, they could be bringing that with them. So it's one thing to be mindful of. Uh, another thing is that, you know, Africanized bees are, they're not as common really in um, in a lot of the area. It's really more of like in the, in the south and the southwest. But there's always a possibility too that you could, you know, run into a Africanized colony, which of course might be a bit more aggressive. So you, you know, you take this colony that you've caught, you bring it into your apiary, and now you have some, you know, mating going on between the drones and new queens, new virgin queens with this Africanized um, genetics that might be coming into your apiary may not be such a great idea. And then, of course, lastly is, you know, the genetic traits of, of those bees, right? You hopefully are keeping bees and, you know, if you have, let's say you had three or four colonies and you noticed that one or two of them was weaker, well, you may just requeen them from your other colonies that are strong, right, that have good genetics. So bringing in these other um colonies that you know nothing about, you could be introducing some less desirable traits into your apiary. Again, if you don't have anything or you only have a colony or two, you know, being able to pick up one, two, you know, five free colonies is pretty cool. Just just be mindful that, you know, at a higher level, there are some things you could be introducing into your, your apiary that, that could cause some challenges. Now, if you're in a suburban area or even an urban area, it almost doesn't make a difference because there's so many other colonies that are potentially in your area already that, you know, you can't control everything. Unfortunately, you know, you're not in a lab environment where you're only allowing certain drones to mate with certain queens under certain circumstances. You know, they're wild animals, they're wild things that are out there. And, 
you know, I still think I would take my chances with them. You know, if you're just doing this for fun as a hobby, you know, if you, you catch a swarm, you know, have some fun with them and, and learn from it. Use it as a learning opportunity. You know, they may be, let's say as an example, you, you get this um, swarm that you've captured and maybe they're, they're a lot more aggressive than you would like. Well, take the bees and requeen them with one of yours, right? Go ahead and use, you know, your, your queen. Maybe you have like a, a breeder colony or, and you have just some queen cells. Drop a new queen, get rid of that queen, drop a queen cell in there and just requeen them. Or if you have a mated queen, requeen them with a mated queen and let them propagate your genetics from your colony and just use them as a supplier of workers. So there's a couple of options there. Important things to kind of a couple key points. Then we go back on here. Remember, they swarmed because they ran out of space. So if you don't stay on top of, of going out and retrieving them and bringing them into your apiary, they probably will swarm again. With the swarm lure, you know, don't overdo it, right? It, it's one of those things where, you know, their sense of smell and their ability to, to detect and pick up pheromones is a lot more sensitive than ours. Follow the directions and you'll be fine. Now, the next thing is, I've captured this swarm. What do I do now? So my first suggestion here is, Obviously, give them space, right? Because if you're catching them in the spring and there is a flow on, you put them into a standard, you know, single deep as an example, or maybe you put them into, you know, a double stack nuke. And you're like, okay, cool. I've got this new colony. This is great. Again, the, the flow is on. Give them plenty of room so that they can continue to expand. Feed them. If you're giving them, whether you're giving them drawn comb or you're giving them, you know, just wax foundation, they don't have any resources, right? They are, they are swarming. They are only carrying what they could, you know, carry within their bodies. So they've got nothing. I mean, you catch three or four rainy days and they're going to start starving to death. So go ahead and feed them from day one and let them get ramped up. And then as they start to bring in a lot of the nectar and they're, they're able to now provide, you know, pollen from the environment, your sugar syrup combined with nectar to give them the carbohydrates they need to, to breed or to, um, to raise new larvae and eggs, you know, they're going to need that food. So feeding them, giving them plenty of space. And, uh, and then when you have the opportunity, once you decide, hey, this is a viable colony and you know, I want to I go ahead and keep them, they seem to you know, be healthy, go ahead and, and put treating for varroa pretty high up on your list because, again, it's a new colony. You don't know their history. You don't know their genetics. You know, go ahead and treat them to give them a, a good, you know, clean start from the very beginning. You know, hopefully they'll be able to, you know, ultimately become a productive hive for you. There are a ton of resources available in this, which is why I haven't done done more myself. I mean, there are tons of videos out there. There's a lot, you know, on um, uh, just a typical regular Google search as far as placement and different strategies and things. But like I said, that one guy, I, I'm, I'm laughing because he's so funny. Jeff Horchoff Bees on YouTube. It's H-O-R-C-H-O-F-F. Uh, quite a character, fun guy. He's you know, a great resource to check out. But if you have any questions, like I said, I'm not a, a swarm trap expert, but I do like the idea of being able to grab some freebies. And uh, I will probably build some over this, uh, this winter. I should have some downtime to get caught up on some things. So I will try to build some this, um, you know, this fall, winter, and maybe put some out in the spring. But if you have any questions or you, you can't seem to find the answer to what, you know, your, your swarm trap related questions, feel free to drop me an email. It's just Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. And uh, outside of that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call it a day here. We got a few more episodes I got to get caught up on and some other content. But uh, take care and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP 1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C cell tumors. Do not use GLP 1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.